Voices floated from nearby rooftops, the wail of a child, a goat bleeding. Finally, Yaltha reached behind her back for the bundle and unwrapped the linen cloth. She peeled away the layers slowly, her eyes alight, casting quick glances at me. She lifted up the contents, a limestone bowl, glowing and round, a perfect full moon. I brought it with me from Alexandria. I wish you to have it. When she placed it in my hands, a quiver entered my body. I ran my palms over the smooth surface, the wide mouth, the milky horals in the stone. Do you know what an incantation bowl is? She asked. I shook my head. I only knew it must be something of great magnitude, something too perilous or wondrous to unveil anywhere except on the roof in the dark. In Alexandria, we women pray with them. We write our most secret prayer inside them, like this. She placed a finger inside the bowl and moved it in a spiraling line around the sides. Every day we sing the prayer. As we do, we turn the bowl in slow circles and the words wriggle to life and spin off toward heaven. I gazed at it, unable to speak. A thing so resplendent, so fraught with hidden powers. She said, at the bottom of the bowl, we draw an image of ourselves to make certain God knows to whom the petition belongs. My mouth parted. Surely she knew no devout Jew would look upon figures in human and animal form, much less create them. The second commandment forbade it. Thou shalt not make a graven image of anything living in heaven or on the earth or in the sea. You must write your prayer in the bowl, my aunt told me. But take care what you ask, for you shall surely receive it. I stared into the hollow of the vessel, and for a moment it seemed like a firmament unto itself. The starry dome turned upside down. When I looked up, Yalfa's eyes were settled on me. She said, A man's holy of holies contains God's laws, but inside a woman's there are only longings. Then she tapped the flat bone over my heart and spoke the charge that caused something to flame up in my chest. Write what's inside here, inside your holy of holies. Lifting my hand, I touched the bone my aunt had just struck to life, blinking furiously to hold back a tumult of emotion. Our one true God dwelled inside the holy of holies in the temple at Jerusalem, and I was sure it was impious to speak of a similar place existing inside humans, and worse still to suggest that yearnings inside girls like me had intimations of divinity. It was the most beautiful, wicked blasphemy I'd ever heard. I could not sleep that night for the ecstasy of it. My bedstead was lifted off the floor on bronze legs, swathed in pillows dyed crimson and yellow, stuffed with beaten straw, feathers, coriander, and mint. And I lay there in all that softness and those scents long past the midnight hour, composing my prayer in my head struggling to compress the vastness of what I felt into words. Rousing before dawn, I crept along the balcony that overhung the main floor, moving in bare feet without a lamp, stealing past the rooms where my family slept, down the stone steps, through the portico of the reception hall. I crossed the upper courtyard, measuring my steps as if walking on a field of pebbles, fearful of waking the servants who slept nearby. The mikvah where we bathed, in keeping with the laws of purity, was enclosed in a dank room beneath the house and was accessible only from the lower courtyard. I descended, feeling my way along the stair wall. 
As the trickle of water in the conduit rose and the gloom faded, I made out the contours of the pool. I was adept at performing my ritual ablutions in the dark. I'd been coming to the mikvah since my first bleeding, as our religion required, but doing so at night, in private, for I'd not yet confessed my womanhood to my mother. For several months now, I'd been burying my rags in the herb garden. This time, though, I'd not come to the mikvah for reasons of womanhood, but to make myself ready to inscribe my bowl, to write down a prayer. This was a grievous and a holy thing. The act itself of writing evoked powers, often divine, but sometimes unstable, that entered the letters and sent a mysterious animating force rippling through the ink. Did not a blessing carved on a talisman safeguard a newborn and a curse inscription protect a tomb?